When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock live at the PHNX headquarters in downtown Phoenix. And Bo, you got an up-close and personal invite to meet what I think is a star in the making with new Arizona Cardinal defensive coordinator Nick Rallis. What can you tell us? I can say that he's very impressive, uh, obviously transcends his 29 years on this earth, and that he quite possibly could be the defensive Sean McVay. It's, I can see why people believe that from the former Philadelphia Eagles uh, linebackers coach, now Arizona Cardinals defensive coordinator. He and Jonathan Gannon commanded that press conference room and continue to bring energy that this facility, this organization lacked for far too long. You like the professionalism, yeah. you like the plan that's in place, but also you really have to kind of be getting this vibe and picking up on the energy that these guys are bringing just to press conferences, just to introductory press conferences. I mean, we had Jonathan Gannon. I'm going to have to get it tomorrow when he introduces uh, uh, Nick Petzing or Drew Petzing, their new offensive coordinator. But Gannon came in the room, dropped another, hey, 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 what's going on? And just was ready to mix it up with everybody. And it took a little bit for the Arizona Cardinals media, including myself, to kind of match his energy. Wake up. Wake up. Get some caffeine. You know, JG, he's, he's up around the clock, man. He's a machine. I love this comment from Mike Mayers. Love the back and forth with him and JG. Great chemistry relationship. I mean, that's that's the thing is he's going to go down with his guys. He did, He's not going to be told, go hire this guy because you need X amount of experience. And Nick Bo talked about that today. But just the comfort level, it's like this should be fun. It's football. You want to go to war with your people. Um, and you know, he mentioned today that being Jonathan Gannon, that they're going to keep some people on staff from the prior regime. We already have note that Jeff Rogers, the special teams coordinator will remain, but who knows from the rest of the prior staff, but in relation to Rollis in general, you watch him and it's impossible not to, to be sucked in, to, 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 to be sucked in by his personality, the way he commands the room, very similar to JG, Jonathan Gannon. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, that that doesn't matter. This game, it's about schemes and concepts and X's and O's. I can tell you right now, the prior regime, and I don't mean to keep going back to the, this well, just could not gravitas a locker room. Guys just stopped responding. We talked about it. We would watch the hard knocks every week. Bo was in the locker room every week, and it was the same messaging that would fall on deaf ears. So you've got this kid who's 29 years old 
sitting up there and commanding the locker room, commanding the media, and there's no doubt. They they turned around a unit in Philadelphia with a linebacking core that was com- comprised of late-round picks and, and fr- undrafted free agents, and they went to the Super Bowl, and they developed young players, and they had talent follow them. And I, I think that's kind of getting missed in, in all of this conversation about youth and experiences. Mm-hmm. These guys have a proven track record, Bo. Yeah, they do. And, you know, it's like, what's the difference between uh, the, the experience you get or the lack there of experience and, and what Jonathan Gannon says were the two major, you know, pieces of criteria that he has for building this entire staff, not just his defensive coordinator that he believes Nick Rollis has is high capacity and high character. It, you yeah. know, I mean, if, if you're 55 years old, you have obviously the experience there and, and not necessarily the most capacity. And in order to do that, like obviously a lack of capacity, the ability to adjust and, and obviously consume information and then take from your experience and then make the proper adjustments. What he's saying about Nick Rollis is he already has that. He has the ability to kind of uh, to take on and comprehend and compute what's going on as far as what opposing offenses are throwing at their defense at any given moment and then kind of compute that and figure out what direction that defense has to go to combat that. And then the high character, I mean, I think that's something as far as when you look at a 29-year-old, you know, obviously just lack of maturity sometimes can can get in the way of character. I know I've had my own issues, ask anybody, including my wife, you know, what what gets in, you know, maybe lack some character and some, you know, some, some feeble moments for us. But Nick, uh, Nick Rollis, for the most part, has shown some, some high character already. And obviously some, some high maturity, especially professionally uh, to make people maybe put him at ease as far as him being under 30 years old. Yeah. It's, it's a staff that I think is unlike what we've seen in Arizona for what, 10, 15 years, at least. I mean, the Arian staff, we've talked about it at nauseum the pipeline he created with James Betcher and Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich. That's the only thing that we can point to in the short term. These are all JG guys. These are all Gannon guys and Monty's a Jonathan Gannon guy. So they are going with this with clear eyes into the off season that they are a unified front. They're going to disagree. We've already seen that with Monty and, and Jonathan Gannon talking about their healthy disagreements, but you don't have to worry. Again, we right. talked at nauseum that if you take a player in April, he's not going to fit what they do come the fall. And so I think the the lack of communication that existed with this staff prior is going to be the most staunch difference than what we see now with Jonathan Gannon's staff moving forward. And thus, I mean, they're going to be more prepared by default, but, but you watch that, and it's easy to see why, like, he was one of, if not the hottest, young defensive commodities outside of D'Amico Ryans. I yeah. mean, to he courted, not only to take your mentor's role in Jonathan Gannon and say pass. I mean, he was he was a candidate, I believe, for the Broncos defensive coordinator job under Sean Payton. Pass. He said, I want to hitch my wagon in my career because I believe that firmly in Jonathan Gannon. And yeah. you forget all the Philadelphia talking heads and pundits. The Eagles tried to pay Jonathan Gannon a head coaching salary to remain their defensive coordinator. They wanted to keep Nick Rallis. This was a unit that gave up 14 total points in the NFC playoffs last year before the Super Bowl. Both are now residing in Arizona. That's as big as a win as this franchise has had in about 18 months. Yeah, uh, I see Gannonball in the chat asking if uh, if Drew Petzing is going to have his press conference. It's tomorrow, same time, 2 o'clock. 
Of course, PHNX underscore Cardinals is the account you want to follow for all the great content coming out of that press conference as well. I'm fully anticipating Gannon coming through the doors like he did today, and I'll, I'll kind of try to get you a glimpse of what that looks yeah, have, like. Yeah, have not, your phone uh, ready, would you? Uh, yeah, I know. I was, oh, I'm was. i 0 for 2 on that. He's, he's done it in both press conferences where he's come in, just come in hot. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, one thing that really impressed me fr- from Gannon in this press conference, w- one of many things, was he asked in the interview, and, and he interviewed a ton of candidates for this job, and, and all of them were documented, obviously, through various reports. You, know, you had Covington, the line coach from New England, and mm-hmm. you had uh, the linebackers coach from the Bears that worked within the Colts organization for so long and helped develop guys like Darius Shaquille Leonard. And yeah. what, what Gannon said is he, he sometimes kind of asked candidates, including Nick Rollis, you know, what were what was some, a couple things that I did well, and then what were some things that you didn't like, and that he was asking for him to be, you know, uh, have some some you know some criticism for him, some constructive criticism, so he could be better as a head coach and how he could put Nick Rollis in a better position to be a sec- successful defensive coordinator. And when you think about the previous regime, when you think about the previous coaching staff, you had Cliff Kingsbury that would vet even fan mail. He didn't want to have any criticism at all thrown his way. And anytime he was asked something in a press conference, he didn't seem to, to take it on. And I think that Jonathan Gannon is some is somebody that takes things head on, good, yeah. bad, or indifferent. And, and, I, and yeah. I think that's got to be refreshing to this fan base. I think we've got some clips of JG from the press conference today. If we could, producer Emma, let's go to turn to JG and Nick Rallis. Yeah, obviously in Philly we're a part of, a, I think, the youngest staff in the NFL, uh, but that's not really uh, why I'm hiring the people that I'm hiring. It's more so what I'm looking for in the hiring process of who I want the assistants to be, whether it be running the offense or the defense, the position coaches, the quality controls, analysts, assistants, special teams, all that, you know, and, and I'm, you're going to hear me say it all the time is we're looking for the right people um, with the right capacity and the right character, and then people that want to be cardinals. And um, I'm very confident after you know working on this staff for however you know five days or whatever, you know all the work that you had done before that, getting ready for this position. But getting in the seat and then doing that, um, I'm ex- I'm ex- I'm very excited about the people we got coming in this building, and and more so more so than for me for our players. And uh, they they will get to know those guys, and they'll see that too. That's basically his answer to you know. Do you feel comfortable? Are you are you hiring guys just because they are young? Is it just a youth infusion to be to have a youth infusion? And he's basically saying no. I, I, there's 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 qualities I'm looking for, and these guys just happen to be uh, the ones that kind of are the most qualified for the largest capacity and the, and the highest character and who, who can kind of see themselves working the best in his system, which is, you know, a unified system that starts at the top of the organization from owner, president, Michael Bidwell to new general manager, Monty awesome Ford and assistant general manager, Dave Sears to the coaching staff, to the players, to the people that make the smoothies. Uh, how about that line? We just want people who, want to be Cardinals. Yeah. I, mean, I don't get said enough, right? Everybody's looking for that next job. We know Jonathan Gannon wanted to be a Cardinal and he turned down an opportunity to remain in Philadelphia. He had options elsewhere. The Cardinals were the benefactor. I think of some stupid decisions by other franchises. I won't say whom Jonathan Gannon then aligns himself 
with friend Monty Austin Ford, and now he's getting people that are young. It's just for Gill says young, smart, hungry, energetic coaching that's going to come here and light a fuse under this roster that desperately needs it. I mean, you look at the landscape of this coaching staff, Bo, and again, somebody had the comment here because it's a, we should put it on a T-shirt at the merchandise locker, but experience does not equal knowledge was a good line according to Gannonball. It absolutely was. Um, and again, everybody wants to be the young hotshot coach a la Sean McVay, and we're talking about the defensive equivalent, we hope, of Sean McVay. That's what the Cardinals tried to do with Cliff Kingsbury. And again, it did not work out, but their mindset was we got to pivot hard off of Steve Wilkes. He's a hard ass. We're going to go get this young shot. We're going to try to get our version of Sean McVay. And they missed that intangible that you need to be able to succeed. And that's the ability to lead a 53 man locker room. Yeah, like Cliff Kingsbury. About it. That quote, we actually have, we have videos yeah, from that. And I think it, it, and Gannon was, was asked the question about, you know, Nick Rollis's inexperience, right? And yeah. then he had Rollis answer on behalf of him to kind of reinforce that this is, this is that great quote. Experience is not synonymous with knowledge. Correct. So, um, <laughs> like he knows me. Huh? <laughs> um, or he stole my quote, one of the two. No, I really never, I really don't think uh, just that. Like, I don't really look at these guys when I'm listening to them talk and getting to know the people and not just Nick, these other guys, these other people that you're going to see that are going to start to come on board very soon. Uh, I'm really not worried about their age. You know, I'm worried about if they can serve their serve the players and get the job done as it relates to what we need to do as an organization and the Arizona Cardinals win. And um, that's that's what I'm doing. I mean, you think about the smartest players on an NFL roster. Is it not your middle linebacker that's conducting traffic, that's leading the defense? I mean, that's now your defensive coordinator. Jonathan Gannon, once upon a time, was, a, I think, a three-sport championship-level high school athlete, but then went on to be a safety, commanding the defensive backfield, I think, at the University of Louisville. I mean, mm -hmm. the football IQ, you ha it has to be immense to be on the staff. Yeah. And hopefully we're looking back at the staff, Bo, in three to five years, and it becomes a pipeline for future head coaches because that is what they are trying to develop. This is not, again, we, we've been harping on this, but it bears repeating. This is not, let's just go do a grab bag of all the free agent, journeymen, 60-year-olds out there to be able to supplement because we need to have quote-unquote experience. We need guys that can vibe with what Jonathan Gannon and his culture is trying to be in Arizona and develop people over time. This is a this is a rebuild. This is a process. Now, it could, it could be short-term in terms of your success. You could have success immediately in 2023, and that's great. That'd be ahead of schedule. But to, I think it's naive when the prior regime tried so many quick fixes. Now we're trying to develop a, a culture based on talented young people, and everybody's pointing fingers and saying, you're inexperienced, you're inexperienced. It's naive. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. I, I want to get to Joel's uh, comment here. NFC West equals coaching energy. And, and I think this is something that has become, uh, you know, especially from the national media, I can't believe the reaction to Jonathan Gannon's enthusiasm. Yeah. That they, they, They're taking it as corny. They're trying to paint it off as somebody like Russell Wilson, where I think it's authentic. It yeah. is authentic. It, it's a guy that on a daily basis, and he said that, you know, at one point in Philadelphia, the defensive staff was asked to match the offensive staffs and in, in, in that the offensive staff actually had more enthusiasm and energy in Philly. And he's trying to bring that same kind of enthusiasm to Arizona. 
And, and that, you know, he's a guy that he's been doing, this is the career he picked. And he's one of those, just like you and myself. And, and yep. many of us are blessed to be where we don't feel like we work a day in our lives, right? Because we're yep. passionate about what we do. We love what we do. And you, and you see that from Gannon and an extension of that is Nick Rollis. And you love to see it, you know, opposed to what we saw before, where it was like, almost too cool. Right. And, and it was just like, too cool to answer look? questions, too cool huh? to talk about scheme. Right. Too cool yeah. to get into the weeds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's great to see, uh, as everybody's just kind of killing it here in the chat, as far as what they liked, what they took away from this press conference from new defensive coordinator, Nick Rollis, Johnny. Uh, everybody wants to compare and not everybody, but m people on the interweb, Twitter streets want to compare Jonathan Gannon to Michael Scott, which I think is ridiculous. But remember <laughs> about Michael Scott, every other branch got laid off. His got absorbed, right? He was the, <laughs> the regional manager of the year. What he did worked for his unit, for his team right. with Dwight and Jim and Pam. So uh, all I'm saying is Jonathan Gannon has his own style. I can tell you right now, I'm going to beat this dead horse. Everyone prepare yourself. If you're not a JG guy on that team, if you don't buy in, your ass is getting shipped out. This is, this is a complete culture change. Don't fall in love with any of these players, not on rookie deals or or, or named Kyler Maria Budabaker. If you're not bought in and you have a, a, an immense salary, you're making good money. Goodbye. You're, they're not, this, this is, he got a five-year contract for a reason. He is in lockstep with his GM. There, this is not time with preconceived notions of players he drafted. And then there's Cliff and then there's Steve. And then he wants Mahomes and, and then it's Hassan Reddick and, Bruce Arians is mixed in. No, no, no. The, this this is a clean slate with with this roster. So mm -hmm. if you if you're watching this as a player and you're thinking, yeah, I'm not vibing with this, then you're not going to be an Arizona Cardinal for a long time. You're either yeah. on board or you're out of here. Yeah, you're you're not a guy that has a large capacity, and you're not a high probably not a high character guy, and you don't no. love ball. And and they're gonna kind of they're gonna let those guys probably weed themselves out unless it yep. shows up on film. And, uh, you know, Rollis is a guy, as you mentioned, that was sought after, you know, Denver was somebody that tabbed him. I, my first question to him was, you know, who, how many opportunities did you have and why did you pick Arizona over those other opportunities? And you mentioned it was Jonathan Gannon was part of it. And then he yep. wanted to be a part of a team that, that, that he was going to be on the rise, that he was going to help kind of change the culture and help take, uh, you know, send to a winning team. And you like that. And you like, he basically said also, you know, it, it was like uh, he, he wasn't ever just said, here, do you want to be our D.C.? I think he mm -hmm. kind of got that more. It was, it was a sure thing with the Arizona Cardinals. But, you yeah. know, he could have had a chance to get in the front of people, talk to Sean Payton, talk or potentially get promoted in Philadelphia. And he decided, no, you know, I'm going to go and, and try this in, in Arizona instead of just sticking around here in Philly in, in order to do so. He's had these names on his wish list for his staff for months. This is yeah. not, we're just a flash in the pan. I'm pulling up LinkedIn. I'm going through resumes. When he's been applying for roles dating back to last year, when he went through the hiring cycle and was an extremely strong candidate in both Denver and Houston, he had these names in mind. And then you fast forward a year and he's doubled down on a lot of people. He's had about eight to 10 guys in mind. I've got it sourced that, that he really likes that he's able to get that you could sense the enthusiasm in the presser today. Like, yeah, we took Nick Rollins, who's the heir apparent to me in Philadelphia. He's my DC. Now he's sticking yeah. with me. We took Drew Petzing who got that unit in Cleveland to overachieve. He's going to run my offense with Kyler Murray. So again, 
I think we need to be abundantly clear about a couple of different things. This is not a flash in the pan hiring. Monty Austin Ford, it appears now in hindsight, this was his one, one of, if not his first choice. And then that this staff has been a long time coming. The, these people that, that are riding and dying with JG have known about this for many, many weeks. Right. And, and then you see, you know, obviously the critics of the Arizona Cardinals organization have these like straw man theories about, you know, nobody wanted this job. And it might have not been the most appealing, obviously. But when you get a guy like Jonathan Gannon, who, who obviously has deep relationships throughout this league and at the at the college level as well, and Monty Austinford, yeah. Dave Sears, that is becoming more and more appealing because they're, as far as within their industry, they're very well respected. And, and it's turning, just like we said, like once Michael Bidwell got himself out from under Steve Keim in that relationship that, that he had professionally for two decades, you know, he started to give his groove back and started to yeah. really truly learn uh, throughout this process what it means to be a winning organization, which he's maintained for a long time. He wants to be, but I think he was always kind of uh, handicapped by, you know, who he associated himself with. How about that line where he's like the coaches that I hired, I yeah. hired. And we never heard that from Cliff Kingsbury. Now he may have said it, but the conviction in which Gannon says it, you know, it's true. These right. are my people. They have, they, I have a coaching tree dating back to my time in Minnesota, in Indianapolis, right? Uh, he's got ties to the collegiate level. So I, again, it's if you can be a critic of this team and you mm -hmm. can be skeptical, they haven't done a lot of winning. They need to do a hell of a lot more winning. Michael Bidwell seemingly has taken a step back and said, football people run my franchise. Yeah. And, and people wanted to say, well, didn't they do the same thing with Cliff Kingsbury? He's like, no, they didn't. No, they tried to, they tried to prop Cliff Kingsbury up with every veteran coach that they could find that was willing to come to this organization after they, they plucked a failed college coach uh, at it from, you know, from having the USC OC job for a month. They, they had yeah. to, they had to beg people. They had to basically say, Vance Joseph, you're going to run the defense. You're going to be like this the head coach of the defense. So come in and, and Cliff's not going to touch it. Or they had Tom Clements, you know, who was like in his sixties coming off of working with Aaron Rodgers. He was going to be the one that was going to at the beginning be Kyler Murray's guy. And then Bill, he was it Bill Davis. Who's who's, I don't yeah. know if he's going to be a, a holdover from the previous staff or not, but it's like, please no, no. you're way off with this. And, and to the point of the current organization, as far as the experience isn't synonymous with success, you know, I think that couldn't have been proven even more than it was the last regime. We don't know if this is going to work. Nobody does. Nobody right. knows if they're going to go out and win 10 games next year or two games. But I can tell you right now, if you're going to go off of the, the, the his, history of this franchise, the reputation of not hiring an external GM since 1994 and then changing that in one offseason, swallowing a bunch of money, from bad contracts last year, and then hiring people that were in demand, despite what Twitter will tell you, in the NFL circles. I don't know how you cannot be excited about that. If you're a Cardinal fan, you don't even have to know the names. But if somebody put out on a resume, a transcript, the night after the Cardinals got their ass kicked in Santa Clara by Brock Purdy and company, they said, okay, Cliff's going to be fired, and Vance is going to be fired, and Kime's going to be fired, and we're going to hire a new GM that doesn't come from the franchise and a new assistant GM that's from a team that's been drafting and developing very well in Detroit. And then, oh, by the way, we're going to get the guy who ran the Philly defense, best in franchise history, 70 sacks and 17 interceptions to lead our team. I, I would guess 99.9% .9 of people, when we did our post-game show that night, and everybody's shitting bricks. Like, are they going to move off of whomever? Is Kime still going to be around? Is it going to be co-GMs? 
everybody would have signed up for that. Yeah. So again, he may not have been everybody's first preference, but I, I don't know how you're I not fired up about what you're seeing. It is completely different with this franchise yeah. right now. Yeah, we've got some great super chats here, but also I want to answer the question as far as, you know, what kind of defense they're, they're going to run. Not something that, you know, they I felt like they were willing to kind of answer here. Obviously, play calling duties. Gannon is going to empower his, his young defensive coordinator and Nick Rollis to be the play caller on defense. But as Johnny said before, it's probably going to be if you're if there is a base, it's probably going to be around a four three. So that's going to be a little bit of a change up for the Cardinals. But also like John Jonathan Gannon is a very creative guy and he likes to throw yeah. a lot of different different looks. That's that's his game. Even though he's not the play caller, I'd only imagine that Rollis is is a disciple of Gannon and and he's it's it's sure you can loosely call it a four three. But at the end of the day, you're going to get a lot of different looks. Um, let's uh, take a look at some of these super chats, Johnny. Uh, yeah. Great questions, great comments. Uh, Brother Noomsy saying, uh, Bo, just at the press conference, I'm fast. I didn't think I was going to make it. I was in downtown traffic here, sweating it out, just going stop and go. And then I had to kind of put my hand up in my passenger seat as I exited on the HOV lane, pretending like somebody was in my car with me. You got Ryan saying, JG, got the Ted Lasso, no boomers allowed. Yeah, I mean, pretty much, but it, it's it's not for him just saying, "Hey, I, I want a I want a youth infusion. I, I want the youngest staff possible, like we did in Philadelphia." He's just choosing the best guys that are available, and then yeah. uh, and then what you what when you do think of what's it? When do you think we hear about the schemes? Do we go four three? I know Gannon ran all sorts of stuff in Philly. Keep up the great work. So that was the question I was referencing. Yeah, so. You know, I would I would imagine they probably look, you know, as they do further player evaluation and they look at who's going to be available free agent wise. Uh, we're already seeing, starting to see some big time names that might be receiving a tag here soon. Um, they'll start to really figure out like what base and, and what the direction they want to go with the, the defensive scheme. Let me answer the question everybody once asked. Um, Hassan Reddick's what, 6'1". I think 240, Will Anderson Jr., 6'3", 235. So I think it'll translate pretty well to what they want to do. That was my one concern with Lou Anaruma was a true 4'3 guy. Yeah. So And Will Anderson is not supposed to be a, a you know a three-point stance outside linebacker defensive end. So uh, I think they'll make it work with whomever they draft. And speaking of the draft, right now on DraftKings, not sure if you guys knew this or not, some tasty prop bets are up and running, and they're only going to get more immense for the NFL draft. Bo and I will be live at the Combine next week with our All-City family ahead of the 2023 NFL draft. And man, oh man, if you're not dabbling on DraftKings when it becomes draft season, what are you doing? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code PHNX. New customers can bet a mere $5, get $200 in bonus bets back instantly. Sounds like Kevin Durant may make his debut next week. So have that five spot ready to go, money line. You can do it on the spread, over, under. You don't even have to win. You just have to place it and then dabble with $200 in bonus bets instantly. It's only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app with promo code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I think we're going to figure it out where maybe uh, my guy Shane Diefenbach and I can do uh, PHNX bets every day live from the combine. Ooh. Maybe we'll even invite Mr. Bo Brock if he's not too busy to pop in no, once in a while. Don't want to do, do it. Do, 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 do some prop <laughs> bets on Jalen Carter's 40 time. It's going to be a hell of a good time next week. Your premier NFL combine coverage starts with PHNX Cardinals.
I uh, I was kind of going like my buddy Gannonball. If uh, Vance Joseph goes to Philly, Reddick is going to cry his eyes out. That was actually me when I found out that we weren't doing our last Wednesday this month at Four Peaks. We canceled so our event today. I was bummed that we weren't going to be out there enjoying the great atmosphere, enjoying some great beers and great food while hanging out with all of you that usually come out and talk Cardinals football with us. But we will be back there in future months, of course. You can always go to Four Peaks on your own. Get yourself that delicious kilt lifter. Get the best wheat beer in Arizona, the Wow Wheat. If you're an IPA person, go out there and get their array of IPAs. You got the Raj. You got the Hazy. You've got everything. You got the Hop Knot. You can't go wrong by going to Four Peaks. It's the best brewery in the great state of Arizona. It's synonymous with your 48th state. Check it out. It's defining Southwestern craft beer since 1996, and they've got so many more events than just their last Wednesday. You can check them out, fourpeaks.com, or follow them on all your socials at Four Peaks Brew. We're going to be out there again, but check out what's going on. They've got their calendar linked up there and be one of their many social media followers because it's great to know what's going on as far as the best brewery in the state. Love Four Peaks. Love this staff. The staff is so immense and ever-changing. It's hard to keep up our phenomenal PHNX Cardinals coaching tracker graphic, but we will try. Check this out. Here is our updated coaching Totally tracker. non-plagiarized graphic here. <laughs> Don't there even entertain that. <laughs> Garbage. We, let me just say real quick. The people who make our graphics here, number one, kick ass, do a phenomenal job, work their ass off every day producing these graphics and are not scouring the Twitter streets <laughs> to take it off something else. Uh, also, uh, a coaching tree is not something that was invented uh, in early February. This is, I don't know, been around <laughs> for a while. Do a quick Google search. But right now, this is semi up to date with new tight end coach Ben Steelbo. Sounds like a superhero. Ben Steele. Leaving the Denver Broncos was their assistant offensive line coach, specializes in big man up front. He gets a tremendous opportunity to join, I think, what is the deepest or one of the deepest position units on the team with Zach Ertz and Trey McBride. What are your thoughts on Ben Steele joining the staff? Yeah, I mean, as, as far as a lot of the unknowns and, and as far as the lack of experience, you don't get that here with Ben Steele, a guy who's been in the NFL ranks as a coach. Uh, for nine seasons now, most recently, as you said, with Denver and before that with the Vikings and then I think a cup of coffee with Atlanta. Uh, where is he from, Johnny? Have you have you dug up that information? He Well, he was in Denver last year, but he's been around the NFL. But he's, for, a, and, he's a native from what state? Uh, Arizona. No, Colorado. No, Colorado. I'm sorry. Because you Colorado. like to call our guy, oh, Trey McBride, yeah. the native son, but he yes, is native to yes. Colorado. So, you know, they're going to work together. A couple of, you know, native Coloradians hanging out, talking ball, playing the same position. I think it's just, it's, it's your Trey McBride ride or die right there. And your new tight ends coach, Ben Steele. Uh, I think he was brought in, obviously, to take his game to the next level. And I think that's a good guy uh, to put in, in control of that. Played in the league, coached in the league, coached at the collegiate level. You love to see it. Uh, we talked a little bit about Clayton Adams yesterday, but he is coming in with a big job. He's going to coach the offensive line for the Arizona Cardinals. We still don't know. Mike Munchak, could he be an option? I still think that a name like that could be explored as an assistant head coach based on what I'm hearing. We also found out, Bo, that they're going to add, and it's not updated, We'll get this updated here in the coming days because there's news round the clock with this team. You love to see it. Northwestern cornerback coach Ryan Smith is taking the same job with the Arizona Cardinals per numerous reports 
on Twitter. So the Cardinals, it sounds like, have their new defensive back cornerback coach. They lost both, if you remember, cornerback and defensive back coaches while we were at Media Radio Row. So that mm-hmm. kind of gave us an inclination that not too many folks would be back. We also got word that Patrick Tony is uh, joining Gannon's staff he, as a defensive assistant. He is formerly with, I believe, the Florida Gators. They're, they're plucking a couple people, according yeah. to ESPN, from Florida staff. So, again, we don't have it completely sourced as to what position they're going to take. So we're going to hold off on implementing them on our fancy graphic. But Gators, Northwestern Wildcats, a little bit of Denver Bronco action. I think this yeah. is just, Johnny, you know, yeah. Johnny, you got to settle down with the Northwestern, bud. What's wrong with Northwestern? Come on, man. That's not a real school. <laughs> No, this come is the guy now. who loves Cincinnati. Wow. I know you're an Illinois guy, but come on, man. DA takes a little time action. off, and here he comes in just slandering his alma. <laughs> also, uh, I just wanted one double A schools in the final four I, college football. I really just wanted to come through and say, I really love your guys' graphic today. Thank you. <laughs> oh, jeez. Thank you. Well, we couldn't update the, the most recent graphic until another Cardinals uh, uh, YouTube show did it first, right? Isn't yeah. that how we work? So they have Everybody to post it, and we j- just steal it from them. No, I mean, look, you have to be excited about these additions. They, they just it, it, it follows a trend as far as these guys are, you know, I wouldn't say that, you know, the, the Gators defensive play caller was somebody that was going to go anywhere unless the Cardinals came calling. But I think it's just you, you got a 32-year-old guy who I've been told by somebody who covers the Gators is kind of a Jonathan Gannon clone as far as mm-hmm. how he likes the game plan schematically. They're very similar, uh, and he's very creative. So – um, you, you have to appreciate that, that Gannon's getting more like-minded coaches on his staff. And like, if you point to Florida's performance last year, I mean, you had him kind of come on Billy Napier's staff for one season, uh, obviously a watered down talent for, you know, relative to the Florida Gators that we've, we've kind of known more recently uh, that he was, he probably didn't have the, the best opportunity to be successful year one, but it also was a team that was tied for the, the, the SEC lead in turnovers per game and almost two per game. So you have to like that they were an opportunistic defense, although they were down last year. Uh, I've got um, a tremendous coaching update that I, I have to, I'm going to, I'm going to post Don't look at Twitter. Don't look at Twitter. There's an interview that's taking place. And I want to surprise Bo with it. And I just asked producer Emma if we can have it on the graphic because it, I, we all have to laugh together. Um, but before we get to that, uh, Aris in our chat, friend of the program, why is Tyree Wilson to Arizona as the third pick gaining momentum? That will not gain momentum on this program, my man. I will, I, I will sing that to the cows come home. He's going to look like a specimen uh, next week in Indy. Mm-hmm. He deserves to be taken in the top 10, no doubt. I, he cannot be drafted by this team. This team is too smart now to, to take him third overall with Will Anderson and Jalen Carter sitting there. All right, so this is new on Twitter via okay. rap sheet, friend of the program. This is the ultimate life comes at you fast for our friends wow. at DMVR. The Broncos spent today with an intriguing candidate for their vacant defensive coordinator job, Matt Patricia. Sources tell me and Tom Pelissaro, the former Patriots assistant, is Denver is in Denver speaking with Sean Payton today. Rex Ryan and Vance Joseph are also top candidates. Life comes at you fast, <laughs> Sean Payton. What happened to this mega staff, this super staff that he was putting together? It was unbelievable in December. Now he's interviewing Matt Patricia, who is literally toxic, and Rex Ryan, who's been on TV for like 10 years, and our boy VJ. Uh, if you're not feeling good about what's going on with the Arizona Cardinals and Jonathan Gannon, just read that tweet 
to yourself about 10 times. I promise it'll make you feel better. Right. Matt Patricia, last time he was a full-time DC, he was giving up uh, 41 points to the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, because people wanted to spew that stat out about Jonathan, the Jonathan Gannon hire, and they wanted yeah. to kind of say they were one and the same, and you couldn't be further from each other as far as the type of character and the type of coach that Gannon is versus Patricia. And then they tried his hand against as an offensive play caller this year. <laughs> but, man, they are scraping the bottom of the oh, barrel. you love to see it. And and you look at I mean where this is the best that Peyton could come up with. Mm. Where why are his hands tied to these three fine? I don't know if when they're you're the finalists. What would we what we say when you're out of coaching even for twelve months? Yeah. His staff has been diluted. It's in New Orleans. It's elsewhere. Maybe his contacts. I mean, he's going with just like high profile guys that that don't. I don't know. Get the job done. Uh, Jordan P. Nick Rallis wipes the floor with them. I guarantee you they would take Nick Rallis over any of those guys right now. They 100%. wanted to interview him. 100%. He told him, nope, going to Arizona. How, how are we looking now with our picks in-house, <laughs> with our culture center, with our staff? And you got Sean Payton interviewing Matt fucking Patricia. Oh, my God. I just I had to share that. I know this is a Cardinal podcast, yeah. but we like to grade. Why did they let Averro go? Why didn't they just hold on to him? For dear life. Why did I mean I, I know that he probably felt slighted that he didn't get a fair shot or a legit shot at being the next head coach. They were going for a bigger, more proven commodity. But like Averro yeah. in his first season for the Broncos last year. I know this isn't the envy of our Broncos. No, but, but we can laugh at it. What is going on? Rex, Ryan, Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph's the most impressive guy of the entire crop. They better hurry up before the Eagles <laughs> hire him. Uh Agent 47, great point. They hired their head coach two weeks before us and still in the process of hiring in D.C. Um, wow, wow. Good luck. Mahomes, Herbert next year versus Matt <laughs> Patricia. Who you, who you taking with no draft picks? We love the NBR. We love our peeps. Go follow. Oh, but Ross is going to put up some points next year. Yes, yes. He's going to build off those 15 yeah. touchdowns this Old year. Old 35-year-old dogs, they learn new oh tricks, right? Did the car, well, Are we going to be looking back at this? I know it's early. In five years and saying they just they dodged the ultimate bolt that day with the amount of ca- compensation they didn't have to give up. I, I mean, it, it, there's so much pressure for that to work, and it would have been the same pressure here as far as what you were going to give up in draft capital and then what you know they were going to have to pay him salary wise. And after having to pay Cliff to go away, uh, no. you know, I, I know the Waltons and, and the and Walmart could probably rip that check off a little bit easier, but that would have been mm-hmm. brutal for, for uh, Bidwell if in two years they're looking to to move off. And it's still going to be bad for Denver because they've they're mortgaged the future at this point. And it and as far as you know the, the house that they picked to live on, it's not on it's not exactly the most sturdy. The bones of the house aren't great. No, brother Numsy, thank you so much. 499 super chat. VJ can't can't be out in Philly coaching in penny loafers and them medium jeans with that whistle he'd been blowing on since 72 and that mini afro. We love Vance Joseph. <laughs> that's that's pretty harsh. We love VJ. We want him to do well. It, it just at the end of the day like it was time for him to move on. And I it was the biggest one of the biggest reasons I think a lot of us didn't want to see Mike Kafka get this job because it was going to be too similar to the dynamic they had with Cliff Kingsbury. Watch what you're watching with Jonathan Gannon. I know we haven't played it down a football yet and seeing how he's interacting with these coaches and the comfort level, but yet the command and the respect they have for him and think to yourself, could this be happening right now with Mike Kafka and in, his, right. and in the assistants? I would say it would be very difficult for him to have the command of the media, the locker room, the, the public, right? 
to be able to come in and feel so comfortable in himself that I'm going to hire these young people. I don't care what you think. Yeah. And the, the ability to play complimentary football where you're just really kind of getting to know, you know, the guy who's, who's calling the plays on, on the opposite side of the football. I think that, you know, in, in Denver, that's, that's going to be a tough synergy to create. Um, even though Peyton's probably going to be your like CEO, like Gannon is here, but he's going to really have it. He, he said, he's like, I have an idea of how I want to play offensive football, even though he has a defensive background. So yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely right. You what Gannon is winning everyone over and, and he's doing it obviously his way, getting his people in the building that were relationships that he's cultivated through, you know, his 15 years now at the NFL level. And then before that at the college level. Uh, Rex Ryan is a great DC Mikey desert Cardinal. He was once upon yeah. a time. Then he it was a long time ago. Couple, when was the last time he called defensive plays? Was it 2008? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long time. He, he hasn't uh, been a coach since 2016. And you know, I, I sometimes forget like 2016 wasn't, you know, a couple of years ago. It was, it was, it was six seven years, years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. Seven years ago. These, I mean, it's a, it's a young man's game and you got to be, you, unless you're Andy Reid and you're adaptable and these guys who, relate to players like Mike Tomlin. I mean, we saw Gannon's mentor, Mike Zimmer, like his messaging got stale at one point and he couldn't, their defense was pretty awful in Minnesota and they wanted him out. So they got him out. I mean, to me, it just, you, you, you gotta be hip with it, man. Pete Carroll flipped yeah. his roster and, and, and got that team to the postseason this year because he's adaptable. Right. These older guys that have been out of football that you're going to, I mean, Matt Patricia is the ultimate cancer away from Bill Belichick. And you can argue this year was a cancer to the Patriots trying to call their offense. If the Denver Broncos go with Matt Patricia, it will be an unmitigated disaster. I like That's this comment from Paul AZK1 saying Peyton is a Microsoft living in an Apple world. Uh, JG, and it's like you, you ever have a text thread where you know things are going well and it's blue and white bubbles going back and forth, and then old green bubble pops up and just ruins your entire day and your entire yeah. text thread. Yeah, that's what's going yeah. on in Denver. While over here in Arizona, we got those crisp blue text bubbles coming up and down. You're seeing uh, if your message delivered or not. You know, it, it's perfect. We can edit our text messages here in Arizona, <laughs> right? We can delete. You don't the have text those messages. badges that show like Johnny right. laughed at text. Johnny dislike text. Uh, I never dislike your text as well. Uh, all right. Let's talk about underdog fantasy. So if you're on your phone right now, I want you to download the underdog fantasy app and tell them PHNX sent you because it is your premier daily fantasy sports app. Everybody's been telling me, Johnny, I don't want to get into daily fantasy sports. Why the hell not? It's full free right now. You receive a deposit up to a hundred bones. If you're a new customer for underdog fantasy, Slam and PHNX as the promo code. Again, it's like an all-star team with Kevin Durant coming to Phoenix. I can tell you right now, I'm going to be dabbling on Daily Fantasy any single time the Suns play. And you got number 35 in the lineup. Even though football season's over, NBA is in full swing. Draft six NBA players with no positional limits. Again, if you have no experience doing Daily Fantasy, do not worry about it. It's super easy. Up to five of your brothers and sisters can play with you your buddies, your friends, whomever, or down to two. You can do head-to-head matchups. Throw a little coin on it. Make things a little bit more interesting. But you can't do it unless you do it with Underdog Fantasy. so easy to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com. Download the app. Sign up with the promo code, you guessed it, PHNX. Underdog is going to match your first deposit, $100. We love all of our partners here. We use them all regularly. We wouldn't uh, have partnerships if we didn't use them 
uh, and spoke highly of him ourselves. This is one of my favorites. I'm always on underdog fantasy. Um, I'm a football guy, but it, it keeps things spicy in the offseason. There's no doubt, Bo. Yeah, no doubt about it. If you listen to this show as well, you know that you you hear us, you watch us, you, you listen to us talk about OG's brands all the time. You say, Johnny and Bo, uh, cannabis, gummies, they're just not for me. Last time I dabbled in cannabis, uh, I you know my friends had to wrestle my phone away from me from calling 911. I was having an episode. I was scared. It sucked. Well, OGs, they do things perfectly for you. They they tailor your experience to what you're looking for. Like they actually just dropped an unbelievable gummy. It's strawberries and cream flavored, and it's called the Happy Balance Gummy, where it's uh, live and on the shelves of your local dispensary. You got to check it out if you're scared that it's going to be too much of an edge for you as far as your gummy experience. They've got something as far as all their, their products go for everyone. CBD, the THC, they've got a great one-to-one ratio there with the Happy Balance. they got their Sleep Time gummies as well. It's aqua berry flavor. Can't go wrong there. It helps put you to sleep and keep you asleep. There's always someone who can use OGs in your life, and it could even be yourself. you got to check them out online, ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z, brands.com. Find them on your socials as well. Find out about all of their great products. Like I said, you can find them in your local dispensary. you got your tropicals. You've got your sativas, your indicas. Anything that you could want from your gummy experience, you can find via OG's Brands. Got to be 21 years super chats. Yeah. Make sure you're I, I don't know. Can uh, the co- coaching staff can they participate in in the gummies and from OGs and the the Four Peaks from the beers from Four Peaks while watching pro wrestling? Maybe <laughs> having a good time Friday night SmackDown with our guy uh, Joel in the chat. Thank you so much, Joel. Four ninety nine super chat. Anyone notice that the Cardinals are filling out staff positions faster than most teams? Haven't heard much movement besides Carolina. It's because Gannon's had the staff plug and play ready to go. I'm not. I, I can tell you definitively. Based on sources, he hasn't gotten everybody he wanted, but I, I would I would say the big names that you're hearing, he's got. Those are people that he has targeted for some time. Uh, he's very happy with his staff. Again, eight to ten names he's had on cue, plug and play, ready to go. I mean, when this process started, I think I can share this. Like we thought he was going to be the Houston Texans head coach until he wasn't, and he and he was prepared, I believe, to hear from Houston and to be in that conversation until they pivoted to D'Amico Ryan. So uh, I would say Houston, I, I hope they have success with D'Amico. He was certainly a worthy candidate. We wanted him on this show to be a part of the Cardinals coaching search. But you you can make a big argument that what Houston ended up not getting in Gannon, the Cardinals are the benefactor for. Bo. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I think that it's it's a testament to to Gannon and, and Monty Austin for it because we've heard the story now, and it's documented by Albert Breer of the Monday Morning Quarterback that – you know, when when Monty Austinfort was looking into or, or realized that his days of, of not being the man at the GM spot were were coming to an end and he needed to be prepared with a list of head coaches that he would he would tab like both him and Gannon hit it off pretty much preparing for when their time was called. And it's like he, he was he was ready, even though he only had the Gannon, the only the only interview he had and he missed out to it with Houston because of D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, he was still ready when, you know, Howie Roseman said, hey, you're not making the flight back with us because you've been requested by the Arizona Cardinals. You've got an interview tomorrow. He was like, OK, I've been preparing my entire professional life for this moment. And he was just ready to go. I know who I what my scheme's going to be, how I, offense and defense I want to run, you know, the type of team that we want to be. And, you know, it's it's adaptive, right? It's violent. It's explosive. It's smart. 
And these are the type of people I want to surround myself with. It's just, it's part of him. It's second nature to Jonathan Gannon at this point. And he can see that and he can find it from the people that he hires on his staff. And, and you really have to appreciate it where some people think they go, okay, I'll get the job first and then I'll go and I'll find out just like so many of these failed coaching staffs before, I'm just going to go find some retreads that are big names that will appeal to owners who don't know any different. It's like, no, Jonathan Gannon's like, no, I know this guy. He's going to come in. He's a rising star. He's going to be your defensive play caller. We're probably not going to have him for a while, but I know, you know, year one, he's going to get us on the right track. Uh, the Red Sea rises 602. I want to address this comment here because uh, he calls us ridiculous. You guys are biased. You do realize Gannon wasn't the first choice. So um, I, I think that the Cardinals were committed to interview John Gannon before the process was over. And John Gannon and the Eagles kept kicking ass and kept winning games. And it kept getting pushed back. And uh, Red Sea, they also were the only team that had to hire a GM and a head coach this offseason. Everybody at least had a GM or they had a head coach. And so Tennessee was the only other team that had a higher GM. So it pushed everything back for them. Now, were they a little slow out of the gate interviewing some people maybe that weren't in contention? I'll give you that. But I, I think it would be foolish to think, when we've had Benjamin Albright on this show early in the process, about 10 days into the coaching search, say they want to talk to Jonathan Gannon. And the the longer this, this went on, I can tell you definitively, they did not offer the job to Brian Flores. So that should tell you Brian Flores potentially pulled out knowing that this was Jonathan Gannon's job. So I, I don't know definitively if he was their first choice or if Jonathan Gannon was, was the car was, this was his preferred destination, but it worked out in the end that they both viewed each other as a match. The longer this went on, it became more evident. Um, and biased in the sense that we like the hire. I mean, if they had hired Mike Kafka, I would have been positive, but I would have kept harping on all the concerns that I had throughout the process of the interview. Uh, I thought he was too young and inexperienced, much like Cliff Kingsbury. Had they kept Cliff Kingsbury, much like we were in November, December, and early January, we would, would have been critical. It just, just so happens they hired somebody that, at yeah. least for me, I am immensely confident that can turn this team around. I wouldn't spit you bullshit if I, if I wasn't I, Red Sea. I, I already know the answer to this. Like, who hurt you? Red Seas, Sea Rises. Like, you pick a screen name, Red Seas Rises, and, and then you're it's like pessimistic even before the coaching staff plays a game. But, like, it, it, like the Red Sea, it's like almost a nearly empty bathtub at this point. I mean, I have, have a little optimism and listen to the press conference and listen to the people that they've appointed and put in place. Yeah, I don't think anybody disagrees that – he probably wasn't their top choice. So there were some very impressive people out there on the coaching market. And you're seeing, you know, probably the, the biggest fish of the coaching carousel and, and Sean Payton struggle to fill out his staff and to, uh, I can't remember who made it, but you know, how Gannon's filling out his staff at, at such a rapid uh, pace that a lot of these staffs are incomplete and he's, he's nearing completion as far as his goes. So you have to like that he came in and he was ready to go and hit the ground running. So this off season, this team could start its rebuild and so that they could get through the rebuild process as quickly and as thorough and, and correctly as possible. And if you need proof, go back and look those archive videos here on our YouTube page, subscribe to PHNX sports on Twitter. Bo and I doing our Wednesday night cards, knocks hard knocks after dark laughing. And the Cardinals product was laughable. We were not chilling out for this team. We want them to succeed, but we both knew that wasn't going to happen with Steve Kahn running the right. show and Cliff Kingsbury. Um, and so, again, like we listed out earlier, they've checked every box. It may not be the preferred box that you want checked, but they've checked every box and conceded 
needed to see that, you know, real changes are on the horizon. This team looks drastically different than the team that won four games last year. Uh, but again, we, we welcome the criticism. We welcome the opinion. Sure. And I just, I just believe Monty, when Monty Austin Ford was hired, whether he was the first choice or GM or they wanted the guy Ian Cunningham from the Bears, when they did pen to paper with Monty Austin Ford, John Gannon was a preferred candidate to become the next host of this team. And it just took a long ass time. It took about yeah. a month. Yeah, it was it was a coaching search that wasn't going to end until they interviewed him unless somebody completely just blew them away and, and forced the issue. That just didn't happen. I like Blaine Clark here in the chat saying Bird City rises. No, look, Bird City, I hope, is condemned. I hope they shut that place down. <laughs> Bird City, I don't know where they got that hashtag, why that was something they wanted to move forward with. No, Bird City is not going to rise. Uh, but hopefully the Red Sea will rise again. Yes, we need that. We also need to talk about <laughs> Uh, the franchise tag, because the franchise tag can now be applied. Sounds like pouring out for the Duran Payne hope that he would reach yeah. free agency. It sounds like per Adam Schefter, among others, 99% chance he's tagged. If he's not tagged already, I don't know. I'm not on the Washington beat, thank God. Do the Arizona Cardinals, in your opinion, Bo, have any players worthy of the franchise tag? I mean, those numbers are so high now. Uh, when you look at the cornerback position uh, with Byron Murphy, or you've got the uh, you you look at uh, the defensive tackle position, like you would hope, uh, unless like some real, like a, a team that has an absurd amount of cap space, you know, like an Atlanta or Chicago comes and just blows Byron Murphy out of the water with a huge number or Zach Allen, uh, that you could be in contention for their services again by just, you know, having normal negotiations and not have some sort of somebody push you out with their salary cap wallet being too big. Uh, so I don't think I think you roll the dice. I don't think any of those, as far as their impending free agents, are are worthy of of that at this point because there are red flags. You know, Allen I think staying healthy, and then and Murphy I, I think you know he's capable when he's healthy. But most recently, recency bias, which I accuse my co-host of with Byron Murphy, but he had a back issue. Uh, we, what's his status? I you know we we haven't heard any update. He was at Jonathan Gannon's press conference, but. Uh, I don't know if he's somebody that's a candidate for the full, you know, exclusive franchise tag. You know, maybe they look at like a transition tag or something. I don't know. Bacchiotomy for Byron Murphy? Is that what he, is that what <laughs> he needed? Says, I need a bacchiotomy. <laughs> uh, listen, this team has got some good players. And thankfully, they're good players. They're under contract. Buda mm -hmm. Baker's under contract. Kyler Murray's under contract, right? I think DJ Humphreys is a good player when healthy. He's under contract. Um they do not have a glaring omission like a Chandler Jones or, or Calais Campbell about to hit free agency. Uh, this team has a lot of holes and they're going to have some, some areas to clean up. And I, I think that we're going to see the jet setting of a lot of long tenure Cardinals this off season. So I think this off season is more about freeing up cap space and freeing up collateral to go and have a bunch of picks in the NFL draft for these guys to make their mark. So unless there was this, you know, outlier, that you inherit a Calais Campbell or or Chandler Jones in their prime, it's it's just not worth it with this squad. Right. Um, that doesn't mean they all have good players. You would rather have Byron Murphy and Zach Allen on your team, but when mm -hmm. you're paying your franchise quarterback forty plus million dollars a year, you have to be I don't know uh, particular about about who you pay. And I have I have reservations about Zach Allen. I don't know if he's an impact player, and I have reservations about Byron because I'm worried that he can't stay healthy. But I know that both of them, uh, the Cardinals are better with both of them on, under contract just not at that immense price. And we talk about that. It's the same conversation, Bo, we have about Isaiah Simmons. One, Isaiah Simmons on the team 100%. Don't love where they drafted him, and I don't love where they would have to pay him, 
if they use the fifth-year option and subsequently give them a long-term extension. And as much as we hate dollars and cents with the salary cap, which we feel like is kind of fake if you look at what the Rams have done, Mm -hmm. this team has to be frugal and pay premium positions premium dollars. What are premium positions historically? Well, go look at Philadelphia. They paid Darius Slay big money. He's a corner. They played Hassan Reddick. They pay all their pass rushers. They draft pass rushers high, and they invest on the offensive line, and now yeah. a wide receiver those and quarterback. Those are premium positions in the NFL. Cardinals are already paying what I think is a franchise-level left tackle. They've got Josh Jones at right tackle. They've got Kyler Murray. So I would say look on the defensive side of the ball. It's time to invest in the line of scrimmage. And then, of course, eventually down the line, if you can find that number one corner, you go nuts with him. So I, it just, to me, it, they have to be given an opportunity to level set. And I also think it's a good time to do that now because the free agent crop, I think, has a lot of value to be had, mm-hmm. even, especially if you look at some guys who are being let go or, or set free in free agency from both Tennessee and Philadelphia. There's not a ton of like, I'm going to go spend 25 plus million dollars a year on, a, on one singular entity. They can yeah. fill out the, the middle portion of this roster with a bunch of nickel and dime contracts and then head into the draft looking for cornerstone players. Yeah, I, I think that you could look to filling this roster out maybe like we have with this coaching staff, find ties, you know, with Philly, Minnesota, Indianapolis, Cleveland with who they're bringing on and just play some easy connecting the dots and pe- find people that are familiar with the respective systems that are coming on coming in on each side of the football, we've already said like a, a Jacoby Brissett would make a lot of sense at the backup quarterback spot. We already, you know, we got tipped off that on uh, Dave Pash's most recent uh, podcast that Colt McCoy, you know, he's he's dealing with just getting back to 100% health after just getting just mollywopped all season long, filling in yeah. for Kyler Murray where he couldn't even finish the season. He's going to be another year older at 37 years old, but I see some a question about the native son, Taylor Lewan, who we talked to out there on Radio Row this year, uh, his podcast, Busting with the Boys. It, it was The writing was on the wall as far as Taylor Lewan. He's 31 years old. He went to Chaparral High School. Uh, but I just don't think that the Arizona Cardinals need to be back in business uh, buying and, and signing 30-plus-year-old offensive linemen. They do – like yeah. you, you have DJ Humphreys at left tackle – at right tackle, you could potentially have Josh Jones. You got to figure out what you want to do with Kelvin Beecham. You know, I know there's a tie to Monty Austin for it there with Luan, but he didn't draft Luan. Um, and and I think when you look at Philadelphia and how they built their offensive line, when you look at that, I mean, it's it's all pretty much homegrown. I mean, Philly's entire offensive line is basically homegrown. I think the Arizona Cardinals need to get more into that business. Maybe not in the first round if they trade down from three. Johnny, don't freak yeah. out. If they trade down from three, stay in the me. top 10, you look at a Paris Johnson or a Skaronsky at a Northwestern. If you're you know, outside the top 10 looking in, depending on what you do, if you rebuild it through the draft and the second round beyond, uh, you kind of like what that future looks like instead of like, what do you need a one-year rental, two-year rental from Taylor Wan? As, as much as it would be nice to bring him home. This team needs to have the Seahawks mindset, as much as I hate to say it from last year. Seahawks didn't go nuts in free agency. They they doubled and tripled down on draft picks, and they went out and hit a bunch of doubles and singles and and an occasional home run. Um, This franchise should be patient with rookies and not stunting their growth by ripping them off the field and punishing them for making mistakes on the fly. Do better as a coach. Put them in better positions to succeed. You've heard that quote now from Michael Bidwell. Yeah, play them. Play through your mistakes. Nick Bolton who I believe is Kansas City's middle linebacker, was atrocious 
last year to start the year. He was fantastic in the Super Bowl because he's been able to play 90-plus percent of the snaps. I love Vance Joseph. The biggest indictment above all else, regardless of scheme, bullshit, whatever, is he stunted the growth of too many young players for Arizona, and we have question marks now when we shouldn't. We should have answers. Can they play or can they not? And so this team needs to go into the draft with a mindset of, can these guys help us next year? Do we feel confident in Nick Rallis and Drew and Drew Petzing and Jonathan Gannon to take a player in April and put them in a position to succeed in the fall and play a bunch of snaps and, and let the chips fall where they may? I can't stand losing, but I especially can't stand losing games with old, washed-up veteran players that have no part of your future. Right. I mean, it's it's the it's the conversation we were having on every PHNX Cardinals postgame show, Bo. Why aren't Majay Sanders and Cameron Thomas playing over Dennis Kardec and Marcus Golden to end the year in lost games? I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. So this it has to be about acquiring assets and laying the foundation. Again, Gannon got a five-year contract. So yeah. that that clock starts now. Get your players. I I just let's let's just let's cool it on the veterans. Yeah. And it might mean that this podcast, we don't have a, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of breaking news in March. We didn't really last year either, but <laughs> we don't have a bunch of free agents to talk about. And things are hot and heavy. They're going to sign players, but right. we don't need the washed up household names. Let's fill out the meat of the roster and then get your impact players. I don't know from the SEC third overall. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think that uh, you're going to be bringing back. You know, like you did trying to run things back from an eleven-win team, like you did off last off-season. Either you're not going to see them overspend to keep guys like James Conner and Zach Hurts, like they did. Where those were kind of the big moves that they made to retain talent instead of let it exit. Uh, of course, they let you know Chandler Jones and Christian Kirk leave via free agency. But um, yeah, you're going to see this roster churn because it's going to have to add a necessity because you do have thirty impending free agents. Uh, departing this roster potentially. So there's just going to have to be, you got to fill out a roster and it's going to be from relationships built with this coaching staff in this front office. So you're going to see a lot of new names. I mean, uh, we can, we can, I know Steve Kime is a four letter word around here, but the first year he was here working in collaboration with Bruce Arians, they churned that roster where they had like close to 90 players, I think, uh, you know, in and out the doors of this organization. And what did Bruce Arians do that first year? They signed a bunch of guys he was comfortable with to one- and right. two-year deals. They were starting Jeremiah Bell at, at safety, and he had like 100 tackles for him, and he was great. Yeah. And that was his only year with the Cardinals. And Todd Bowles was like, yeah, you can call the defense. You're you're 37. Go be our you know, enforcer in the back end. That's the kind of Cardinal moves that, that we need to see. And right. again, if they want to go and they want to get one or two guys from that Super Bowl team, and pay him a premium like a Javon Hargrave, I'm not going to bitch and complain about that because if if it's people that Gannon and Nick uh, and Drew trust that came from mm-hmm. their prior organizations that can help sp- spread their messaging, then that's what I want. I, I would be shocked if you see this team go out and sign a big money free agent with no ties to anybody. Those yeah. those days are over. You got to vet everybody now. Right. I mean, I, I do see them, like, if they're going to spend any money on any positions, like you think, you know, the center position might be worth doing it. I mean, if you don't feel like you're going to be able to get one of the top prospects in the draft, uh, yeah. you know, Michael, uh, John Michael Schmidt, Schmitz is, you know, he could be in the second round, potentially is the top center off the board. Does somebody reach for him? Um, you know, you could go interior offensive line, Maybe look, I don't think they'll spend any money at the linebacker position, right? 
maybe they spend on a corner. I don't think they're going to go out there and, and, you know, defensive line they could, interior, just because they they don't have anything there. But I don't think they're going to be big spenders as far as the edge. One, because of their draft position. And and then you've got, two, I think, two guys, at least rotationally, that you like in Thomas and Sanders. I'm going to make you a, a, a proclamation on this show right now. You guys can hold me to this. They're going to sign one of those Philadelphia linebackers. That's so either prediction. White or Edwards. Yeah. And I would say there's a better chance it's it's White than well, Edwards. Well, look, that gets me giddy. I, I like I like Zayvon Collins and, 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 and White. Come on down. I mean, somebody I, that somebody that's played the position in a high level, made it through obviously the playoffs playing that position, and then you couple him. It's not it's not uh, what we've seen before. I mean, it, it's going to be the most decorated linebacker that Zavin's played with since his rookie year in Jordan Hicks, and pro, you know probably a more athletic version of that at this point in his career. If I had to put if I had to put money on it right now, I would say White will be a Cardinal. I'm here is, for that's it. my that's my. But I don't think you have to break the bank on. No, no, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Right. Like you go and you, what Bruce Arians do when he got to Tampa Bay? They brought in Kevin Minter, Dale <laughs> Buchanan. They brought in all these guys that used to play for him in Arizona, and they didn't break the bank. And then they just dominated in the draft. I mean, right. Jason Light hit home run after home mm-hmm. run. That's what you're trying to do here. So, and you're also like TJ Edwards. He went undrafted. Um, that, that's that's what. More than it wasn't exactly he wasn't coming from you know Panera State University. He went to Wisconsin. No, 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 no. He played big right. football in the Big Ten. And you know who developed him? Uh, the guy who's running your defense right now. So uh, I, I think with this franchise, that's why patience is key. They could have an undrafted free agent in June and July, be off the charts, and then that becomes a staple of their team. They're just I think we're so numb to it because it never happened under Steve Kime and really under Rod Graves. So this is. We have, we have to be open to to draft and developing being a plus for this franchise and not having to go out and shortening windows by making snap judgments and, and, and trades. I mean, I love Hollywood Brown, but that looks like a luxury pick right now. I mean, they, they, they thought he was going to put them over the top, no pun intended. And right now, I mean, you probably would, you definitely would rather have Tyler Lindenbaum than, than Hollywood Brown. And that's how this team needs to think moving forward. Uh, you also need to have this be a, a finely tuned machine for for Kyler Murray, and we're, we'll talk about that at nauseum. We have another super chat I want to get to here from our guy brother Numsy Dollar ninety nine VJ still on the VJ train. <laughs> is the DC recommends Cliff as the OC in Denver? The the Denver coaching staff might need its own thirty for thirty after uh, <laughs> after this off season, but we can feel good, Bo, about the staff they're putting together. And speaking of which, the offensive coordinator for the Cardinals is going to talk to you guys tomorrow. That's right. We're going to learn more about Drew Petzing. We'll see, you know, whether or not he's talked to Kyler Murray about how much they want to use him under center, how his, his franchise quarterback feels about that, going from primarily being in the shotgun. And uh, it's it's we're going to learn about another guy, not not uh, as young as is is Rollis, but thirty five years old, still young relative to the NFL, is is a is a full time play caller. Um, so that's that's going to be interesting. It, it is is refreshing though that the Arizona Cardinals now. Uh, after four years, we'll have uh, their head coach not be the primary play caller on either side of the football. I think that that uh, takes a little bit, especially off a first-year head coach's plate, and, and Gannon can focus on on being the leader of men and making sure that, sure, he's a master delegator, but he's also the guy that's making sure that all departments are, are running smoothly and nothing's going to go overlooked like the previous regime. And you know who's in charge. His name is yep. Jonathan Gannon, and he was in charge today. He's in charge moving forward. We're in charge at gophnx.com. 
as is our guy Howard Balzer, the official beat reporter on the written side of things. Slam that promo code, Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. We've got so much content coming for you guys. Um, Man, combine on deck next week. Everybody's asking about the uniform watch, and I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge it because we want it to happen. It's I feel like it's the missing link of the offseason thus far. We will ask Monty yeah. Austin Ford and Jonathan Gannon next week at the NFL Combine what the plan is for the uniforms. Not tomorrow. We're gonna leave. We're gonna give Drew Pet, uh, Petzing his opportunity to speak to right. the media without worrying about threads. But threads will be addressed, Bo, <laughs> next week at the Combine. Yeah, maybe a more like casual. Uh informal conversation right like hey no we're gonna get in people's faces oh yeah (laughs) you're gonna shake your finger at somebody terrible (laughs) don't let michael bidwell talk you into those uniforms you push back right away (sighs) just dust off the ones from from 2003 i would rather wear those with updates like larry's rookie year yeah grab those are sharp the all white without the piping wear those for 17 games while you figure it out i don't care i'm fine with it stop no, I, I agree. Let's we'll, we'll we'll sneak it in there. I just I don't want to. I mean, we had to ask ninety seven questions about Drew Petsy or uh, Nick Rollis being twenty nine today. So we, we didn't have time. Did you? Was that you? Was that you doing that? No, uh, I okay. asked him about. Uh, what did I even talk to him about? I talked to him about you know who stood out on tape uh, so far for him and his, his early uh, kind of look at the Arizona Cardinals defense. He, he's already a fan of the Buda Baker. Uh, he's a he's a Buda Baker fan club member already. And then uh, the question I had for him as far as did he have any other opportunities and he and he confirmed that. Yeah, he got a chance to get in front of some other teams, but he wanted to come to the Cardinals and follow Jonathan Gannon. Uh, you've got an opportunity right now to like this video, subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube, subscribe most importantly to the PHNX Cardinals podcast. It's super easy, guys. Just go wherever you get your podcast, type in, PHNX Cardinals, subscribe right here, ba-bam, ba-bam, so you don't miss anything. Bo and I drop exclusive audio-only podcasts that you can only get wherever you get your podcasts. We are back manana, talking offense, offensive side of the ball. We're going to find out, I think, a good amount. What options do they have without Kyler Murray, and is it destined that Jacoby Brissett becomes an Arizona Cardinal? That and more on tomorrow's show. In the meantime, subscribe. He's Bo Brock. I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll see you then.